You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Open your Bibles. We're going to go uh, to one more place before I get back into the book of Matthew. We're in 1 Timothy chapter 6 this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Um, hold your place there for just a second. Last Sunday, and usually the Sunday before and the Sunday after we break into the new year, I, I like to, to preach to try to bring a little bit of perspective to the coming year, something for us to kind of, you know, some kind of a platform to plant your feet on to determine that this is where I, I at least it's a, it's a starting place for me. But if I don't have a good starting place, I'm certainly not going to have a good ending. That is really so true. You watch the guys in the Olympics, and uh, if they don't have a good start, they, they do not end well. And that is, that's very true in the Christian life as well. Um, and I realize in many ways, uh, from December 31st to January 1, it's just another day. I, in some ways, that's true. But God does give us the markers of the days and the months and the years for some reason, and I think they have some kind of a significance even to the Lord, God told us to teach us uh, how to number our days so that we use them wisely and redeem the time wisely. So today, I mean, last Sunday, if you were with us, um, <clears throat> I, I shared my heart on uh, what I really believe would be a, a help to you if those of you weren't here have the ability to go online and listen to last Sunday's message. It, I believe it could be helpful for us stepping into this coming year. I would even challenge you to do that. Uh, and then today's message will do the same thing. Lord willing is designed for that at least. God help me to know how to get into this new year. Give me some kind of perspective. Uh, we taught in Sunday school about how many times that uh, I was relating how we had gone on, on a hike and how I had uh, too many things in my backpack and how willingly I was... Uh, willing to unload some things out of that backpack because it was weighing me down so much. And I would just, just challenge you today, if there are things in your life that you brought out of 2017 and you've carried them right into 2018, um, maybe there's some times that we need to just stop and say, God, I have to lay some of these things aside. These are weights, even maybe sins, that are setting me back and slowing me down in my walk with you. We're going to get into the passage here today. You've got the Apostle Paul. He's talking to a, a young preacher boy. His name is Timothy. And Paul is doing everything that he can. You, you read backwards. Uh, if you've got headings at the beginning of paragraphs and things in your Bible, you'll find Paul here doing everything he can to try to get this young man to know how to lead the churches and how to step into the ministry. But man, what a pattern it is. Even for Christians to learn how to live their life. And I think it's a great way for us to step into our, our brand new year that we have today. I want to preach on laying hold on eternal life. That is uh, titled to the message, Lay Hold on Eternal Life. So let's begin there in chapter 6, drop down to verse 11, if you will, and we'll wrap up this uh, chapter here. Verse 11, the Bible says, and you can just see the aged Apostle Paul with the concern in his eyes, uh, hoping young Timothy is getting these words. 
But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Here it is. Lay hold on eternal life, whatever he means by that. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth or giveth life to all things, and, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Can anybody else say amen to that? Tremendous set of statements there. Now, he ends up the book with his exhortation to somebody that might be rich, somebody that has a lot of possessions. And uh, you say, well, that won't apply to me. Well, the idea is not so much that there was a problem with his being rich. The problem was that he got life out of perspective and he's trying to bring it back in, which would be good for any of us. So notice what he says in verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. That can happen sometimes, a little bit better than someone else. I've got a little more than you. I've attained a level that you're not at, so I don't want to hang around you. That's Sometimes that can happen. That they be not high-minded, nor trust, notice this, in uncertain riches, but in the living God, there's the perspective, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, take what you've got and be a blessing, he says, willing to communicate or share. Now listen to what he says in verse 19 again laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Some may say, well, if you do good, you know, their preacher tells you right there, if you do the right things in life and you live the right kind of life, you can have salvation, you'll have eternal life. But that's not what's being said there, and we want to make that clear when we get into the message. Verse 20 O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoid profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. That was a problem in that day. There were all kinds of things going on around the area that could sidetrack Christianity. And he's trying to teach him how to avoid those things. Verse 21, which some professing have erred concerning the faith. Grace be with thee. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. I am asking sincerely, Father, would you abundantly bless the word today? We need so uh, strongly through the Holy Spirit's power that God would work into our hearts the very word of God that would help and strengthen our walk this year. I plead and pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So when I'm walking in the mornings and I have my prayer time here and I walk around the auditorium, not the auditorium, but around the perimeter of the church. <clears throat> I'm thinking about this coming year and Lord, what would be best for our church this year? What does, what does Eastside Baptist Church need? And when God in heaven looks down and sees us, where are we short? And what are the things we really need to emphasize? And 
it just started burning in my heart that this could be a year that our church becomes alive. I mean, really alive. And I say, preacher, we have life. We're doing a lot of things, and we have things happening and so forth. And, but on a, on a large scale, I would love to see God just grip the heart of our people here today and our, our congregation really light up. And I'll explain what I mean as I work my way through the message this morning. Paul was trying to get it into little Timothy's heart uh, when he was talking to him, his preacher boy, when he told him, Timothy, lay hold on eternal life. And he, he didn't want Timothy to get caught up in all those things that would sidetrack him. I tried to point some of those out while we were walking through those verses a while ago. And, and, and just to, to look at eternal life and really get a grip on that, whatever he means by that, I want you to walk in a solid fashion. I don't want you walking around slipping and sliding around. Really live out your Christianity. A couple of years ago, I was in our driveway and I was trying to shovel and uh, the snow that had come and a couple of days before that, it was, the sun came out and melted a lot of things and the water was coming down this gutter, running across our driveway. And at night, when it froze back up, that stream of water was just uh, 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 like an ice skating rink right there on the right-hand side of our driveway. But it had snowed and I couldn't see that. And I remember how, I mean, I'm shoveling away, I've got to get to work and I've got things I've got to do. And, and about the time I went like this to throw the snow, my foot hit that ice underneath there, snow on top of ice, you don't have a grip, I'm here to tell you. My foot went straight up in the air, and my other leg went down uh, trying to grab, and it hit the ice, and it started slipping and sliding. I had a shovel in my hand. I'm telling you, if anybody could have seen me, I, I looked like I was trying out for the Olympics in the gymnastics, because I was doing everything I could to not fall somehow by the grace of God. I stayed on my feet, because it would have been ugly if I had hit the ground. I just didn't have a grip. I mean, I was, I was on the driveway, but there was something between me and the driveway which did not give a good firm grip, and I wasn't carrying out the task that I really needed to do. And that's, that's where Paul is trying to get into young Timothy's life. Sometimes that happens within Christianity. You, you're going along on the path of life. You're trying to serve God and do the best you can. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So he is the way or the path that I am to walk on, and sometimes there comes some things between us and God. If we'll just be really frank and honest about it, things that come between me and my eternal life that I have, and when I try to get a, a grip on the path that I'm on, the trying to serve the Lord, I, I find that there's not a good grip, and I'm not, I'm not in a, a good sense of direction. Let, let me address something else. The Bible says in John 6, 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. What's the next phrase say? But have, can you say it with me? Everlasting life. So when do you get that everlasting life? The day you got saved. And if you can look back at your life and remember the, the time you trusted Christ as Savior, you placed faith in the Lord, you received Him, you asked God to, to be your life. If you can remember that day, guys, listen to me, you got eternal life that day. You don't have to work for it anymore. You don't have to try and be the best guy that you can and, and avoid this and that just so that I can really, really, really get eternal life. No, when you got saved, the blood of Jesus Christ really, really, really bought for you salvation. You have that today. 
So what does God mean when He says then, lay hold on eternal life? Some people think it means give the best you got, you know, and, and you might, when you get to heaven one day, you know, if your good works outweigh the bad, as if the cross had nothing to do with me, you got to set the cross aside for you to stand up there with your good works and your bad works hoping to get into heaven. That's the way some people interpret that. No, you have eternal life right now if you're saved. So what does God mean when he says, lay hold on it? Lay hold on eternal life. I'll give you one more example. When I was in Texas in Bible college, Yvette and I and and some of, some of the other college students were heading to our church, 20 miles to Duncanville, from Arlington to Duncanville. And it was a cold morning, and they must have had some rain the night before, and it had f- frozen. And I'd, I was from Ohio. I knew how it freezes the bridges first and all that. But things were fine, and I'm cruising along, and I hit this bridge. And the next thing I know, this car is just spinning round and round. Was it my Camaro or your Nova? I hope it was your Nova. No, it was my Camaro and spinning round and round, and it was not a good thing. Uh, we spun all the way around and finally landed on the side of the road. I was still on the road, but I'm just telling you, I, I knew I was on the road because the guy in the car right beside me is giving me this every time I'd come around to do a spin. He's looking at me like, oh, don't hit me. And we ended up on the side of the road. We were on the road, but we did not have a grip on it. I'm here to tell you that. That's the way a lot of Christians are today. You're on the path. You want to serve the Lord, and I see that. We wouldn't be in church today if you're not serious about serving God. But I really fear that a lot of Christians do not have a grip on the path, on the way. And Paul says, lay hold on it. Lay hold on eternal life. Put chains on the tires. Um, Keith Walk bought me a set of grips for my shoes, and I wear them grips now whenever I'm shoveling the driveway on the right-hand side. I for sure do. I'm laying hold on that driveway, and God says, get a good grip on your Christian life. Let's walk through some of the things he was talking to Timothy about. Number one, if I'm going to lay hold on eternal life this year, uh, it means uh, first would involve getting a solid grip on the Word of God. And if you'll look with me, I'll try to show you where that was a a big deal to Paul. Back down into verse 14, if you will. Here he is trying to work these things into young Timothy's heart. And he says in verse 14, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what command was that? Just read the prior verses to that is what he's talking about. And somebody would say, well, preacher, uh, what what really has been said there is for Timothy to keep the words of the Apostle Paul. And that's true to a very small degree, but the words that were given to the Apostle Paul were given by the Holy Spirit of God, by the inspiration of God, which brought those into the Word of God. And I believe with all my heart, I can say this this morning, one of the greatest desires for God, for every Christian here today, when you lay hold on eternal life is to get a good grip on the Word of God itself. Uh, To know that the Word of God has real and true meaning and that, guys, outside of this book, there is no life. There is no real path for us to walk on. And until you realize how important the Bible is for your life and you have a true, willing heart this year to really live by and abide by the words in this book, you'll never really come to understand the purpose God had for you in the first place. 
Uh, We must agree that the Word of God is the book for my life, my, my faith and my practice, as some people many times would try to say. So when Paul is telling Timothy to keep these commandments, he was telling him, in effect, to get a good grip on these words or on the Word of God. Don't let go of what I'm telling you because, Paul says to Timothy, because Paul knows this came directly from God, and and he knows if Timothy will just get a grip on this, not let it just go in one ear and out the other, as one wife says to her husband. I'll tell you which husband that was. But really let it stick. Let it it be there in the mind and hear what I'm saying. I want it not to just pass through the eardrums. Uh, I want it to register in the mind and the heart and make changes for you, Paul says to Timothy. Let it Let it grip your life. So the starting place for getting a grip on eternal life is to get some real traction in the Word of God. I don't know what it's like when you read your Bible. What is your schedule like? When you do your devotions, when you have your time with God, what's that like? Is it in the morning before you head to work? And and is it half the time? Is it most of the time I get to read the Word of God? What is your time like? Uh, If you remember, my car was on the road I was just skating across the bridge and on down the highway. I I was on the road. But again, that's the way a lot of Christians live with God's Word as well, just skating across the words but getting no traction from the Word of God. Does that make sense to you? You know, you just kind of run over the Word of God, even memorize it sometimes, but you're just skating. You don't have any real grip on 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 the asphalt, so to speak. You're not really in touch with that road that God wanted us to be on because it's having no effect on you. And if Timothy is going to get serious about Paul's command to lay hold on eternal life, then he's going to have to know what what Paul's commands were and then to put into action what was said. So if you're going to lay hold on eternal life and you say, I'm going to start with the Word of God, I mean, that is the starting place. If you don't have a grip on God's Word, everything else we're going to say really is going to kind of drift away and fade away real fast. But um, I'm just going to say, this year, why don't you just determine that when I read the Bible, I'm going to read it to get something out of it. I'm going to read it until God speaks to me. I'm going to read it until the traction gets into my heart and God deals with where I'm at in life. And, And if He shows me changes that need to be made, here's how to know if you're laying hold on eternal life or you're just skating through life. If God shows you something wrong in your life, you've got some actions and things about you that, like we talked about in Sunday school this morning, I wish it was all there. Um, We dealt with the subject of anger. And if God begins to deal with you about something like anger in your life or, you know, some habit, something that's not right, you know it's not right. The Spirit of God has been convicting you about that. To lay hold on eternal life would be to let this book begin to change my actions. I've got a good grip on what God is really saying to me. I'm letting God change who I am. I stop looking so much like me and I start looking more like God. And my identity is no longer wrapped up in what others think about me or what happened to me in my life or what I think about myself. My My identity in life becomes everything that God is saying to me from the Word of God. Where are you in the Word of God? Does it really... Is it really that just book that you yawn your way through while you're reading in the morning? And I realize we're tired. Get up at 6 o'clock B.C. and try to read the Word of God. B.C., that's before coffee. 
and uh, you're not awake yet, and you're trying to, you know, perk up, and, and I understand what it's like to be tired sometimes when you get into the Word of God, but guys, read till you get something from it. God wants to talk to you. God has a message for you every day. Get a grip on this eternal life that God has given to you. God can change your life in unbelievable ways, your circumstances in life. And, and many of us have many good things that happened in 2017. But some of us have some things that are very, very tough. And you've walked from one year right into the next with that tough thing going on in your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you'll get a grip on the Word of God, if you'll really lay hold on eternal life and the Word of God, it can transform even your circumstances that are around you. Difficult as they may be, God can do that. It's not always to say that God will take the difficulty away. But God will give you a grace that will walk you through that difficulty like you've never believed was even possible when you determine this year, I'm not going to skate across the Word of God. I'm going to stop on the Word of God and let it get a grip in my heart. I hope you'll be back tonight for the service this evening. It really deals with this subject more specifically, and it would, it would mean a lot if you could come back this evening, all right? So number two, gripping eternal life. Getting hold on eternal life, what else would that mean? Would, would also mean this, what my mom and dad taught me not to do so many times. It's going to take a fight. Son, why are you always fighting with your brother and sisters? Because he always calls me a baby. Uh, my brother was so good at that. That's a story I don't need to go into. Um, getting a grip on eternal life is going to take a fight. And the same verse that tells us to lay hold on eternal life, we're also told, fight the good fight of faith. Go back up to verse 12, if you will. <clears throat> right before he gets down to lay hold on eternal life, notice what he says. Fight the good fight of faith. Most guys in here have been in a fight at one time or another, and some girls have. <laughs> yeah. We know what it's like to get in a fight. You don't want to wind up on the bottom. You want to be the guy on the top. You don't want to walk away with a black eye. You want him to. Would you look in 2 Timothy? We're, we're in first. Hold your place here. Go three or four pages over to, uh, to the right. And look in 2 Timothy chapter 2. We read these Wednesday night in the message. But look in verses, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Many of you will have these highlighted. Matter of fact... This is such good verses. Why don't we read these out loud together? We're in 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4. Will you read it out loud with me? Beginning in verse 3, the Bible says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That's pretty clear. God has chosen every one of us to be a soldier of Jesus Christ, and that we're not to get caught up in the affairs of this life or the things in life that distract us, or can I put it this way, the things that put something between the tires and the asphalt, something that comes between us and our connection with God and His Word. God said, be careful, don't let things in life distract you from fighting the good fight of faith. Every Christian needs to have a fighting attitude when it comes to being determined to live out the Christian life. The fight is with sin. 
The fight is with those things that are constantly coming at me or at my family that wants to disrupt us and to take away our joy from serving the Lord. Fight the good fight of faith. And when the world comes pressing in, Christians need to learn that it's going to take a fight if I'm going to lay hold on eternal life. Things don't always come rolling at you. I've noticed when I step out onto the highway, it doesn't just come my way. It's not a treadmill. Life isn't a treadmill where the track comes at you all the time. You must take the steps and go forward. You've got to determine that I want to have this walk with God. And to do so, you've got some things probably in your family right now, maybe even in your personal life, that have confronted you that uh, maybe mean more to you than actually being obedient to the Word of God, if we be really honest about it. Maybe they're more exciting to you than serving God, if we're being honest about it. There's just some things in life that you realize mean more to me than actually service to God sometimes, but I know in my heart that's not right. What am I going to do about that? Well, it's going to take a fight. It's going to take somebody being determined, I'm going to do the right thing. I know my flesh is pulling and dragging me this way, but I, I, I know the right thing to do is to do this, and I, and I want to be in God's Word, and I want to follow God this year. I want to be on that path and really get a grip on my Christianity and really become alive this year. God, help me to do that. If you're going to do that, you better determine, I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to fight for what is good and right. The best things in life are worth fighting for, and most of them do take a fight. You ever watch those guys? I've never gone, and I don't ever want to go. When is it? Thanksgiving night? Black, is it Black Friday? Those people get their tents and camp out, waiting to be the first one in the store? You're laughing because that was you guys this year, wasn't it? Last year. And you open the door, the door opens, <laughs> all these people go tearing in, women grabbing each other's hair, that's mine, that's my TV, that's my whatever. I, whoa, that's not the kind of fight I'm talking about. But when I see somebody coming after my kid who wants to, to take him away from the things of God, and I see things coming into our home that are destroying our walk with God, and I can notice there's something about me that's not wearing off so well on maybe my wife or people around me, then it's time to stand up and fight for what's right. Get rid of those things in life that are destroying our testimony for the Lord and our walk with God and realizing the real value of the, these things in this book. Somebody needs to stand up and fight. We need daddies in our homes that will stand up and fight. I remember Stuart Baum years ago, gone to a pastor school with his years ago. He came back so fired up, man. He wanted everything in his home to be right. That Saturday morning, he got home, and I forget what the kids had on television. He walked in and put his foot in the TV. I mean, boom, kicked the TV, busted it out. Now, I, I'm not talking about maybe so much like that. There are ways to go about it a little different than that. I mean, he had the right motive, but the method could use a little adjustment. Amen. I appreciate what his desire was. I, I wish we could get a fight back in us to do what's right. A, a fight to determine that I want my family to be right. I, I'll do whatever it takes to see my family grow up in the Lord. I'll do whatever it takes for me to, to have that walk with God this year. If you're going to do that, I promise you, like Paul tried to get it into his heart, fight the good fight of faith. Get a grip on eternal life. Number three, 
taking hold on eternal life also involves remembering your calling as a Christian. And then let's look in verse 12 again. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Remember your calling, Timothy, he said to him. Timothy, you know as well as I do, you were called into the ministry. You know that, that you're going to be a, a preacher of the Word of God. You're going to pastor people. There are going to be people looking up to you and, and, and needing some real solid answers. And I realize the most of us will never have that kind of a calling. I understand that. Some do. I will never forget the time God called me into the ministry, full-time ministry, and I had already surrendered to, to just whatever God wanted in life, and that was my surrender to God. But God came to me one day and called me into the full-time ministry, and I will never forget that. But before I was ever called into the full-time ministry, there was a calling on my life already. It's a calling that every one of us have in this life that God wants for us. Paul knew in the area that they lived, and I kind of read it to you there in verse 20 about those um, um, profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science, falsely so-called. Paul knew that there were things in life that could have drawn Timothy away from his heart for the things of God. He knew that. He knew there were some, hey, by the way, some really important things. Like Some of it was like uh, in that day, one of the things that was taking place was there were men that had gathered around to a bunch of the slaves and were telling the slaves, you know, you really need to go and confront your slave owner and talk to him about all the atrocities that he's committing against you and all the fellow slaves and so forth and really kind of challenging authority. And, and, and I'm not saying there's not some political things in life that Christians shouldn't be involved in. I'm one that believes with all my heart Christians need to vote. I believe that Christians need to try to put the right men in the office that will give you and I the ability to live out our Christianity in the way that this Bible tells us to do so. I appreciate men that will do that, and I think you ought to get caught up in that, and when it's time to vote, vote Bible-based principles. But I have seen a lot of preachers, I've seen a lot of Christians get caught up in politics and get caught up in things in life that have taken them away from the calling that God had for them. I've seen a lot of Christians, they find a cause to live for. It's so important to them, man, uh, you know, I found something I can give heart and soul to. It gives back to me. I, I get this sense of, uh, you know, worthiness when I work in this cause, and, and I'm going to give myself to these things in life. A lot of Christians do it, and I'm not saying they're not some things in life that maybe we shouldn't give ourselves to like that things that help build our, our children's lives up and so forth. But here's the danger in all of that, and here's what Paul was trying to say to Timothy as a, as a preacher. Timothy, be careful when you get out in this world that you're living in right now, the politics that are here and, and people that are fighting for good moral things, but they're not necessarily godly things that God wants us to live for. Be careful because it's real easy to forget your calling. So what's my calling? Somebody says, I'm not, a, I'm not a pastor. What am I supposed to really be involved in? Everybody here has a calling to be a witness and a testimony for Jesus Christ. Every person here can be a preacher in that sense. There's not a person here who bowed your head and asked Christ to save you who was not called to be a, a witness for Jesus Christ. Look at, look at our crowd here. If we brought everybody that you have some kind of an influence on in life, 
and brought them to this church. There wouldn't be room in this auditorium or out there in the foyer to pack everybody in here because we have a tremendous impact in a lot of people's lives. And a lot of us have some really good jobs and, and hobbies and things that we are interested in and things that we enjoy. Maybe watching on television and on and on. I could go and try to come up with a lot of different things. You know what they are. But I'm saying this. Have those things distracted you away from your number one calling to be a testimony and a witness of Jesus Christ? I believe this with all my heart, guys. If we're going to get a grip on eternal life this year, I've got to become more concerned with the souls that are around me. I've got to be more burdened and passionate about the neighbor's Hundreds, thousands maybe that have moved in around our church itself. And I know we've tried to give flyers and tracts to them and worked on them and so forth. But I'm just saying, till the Christian can learn that Christ put me on this earth to save me. And then once I'm saved, he left me on this earth to try to carry out his duty and his, his greatest heartbeat. And that is to win souls to Christ till I realize that I don't have a real purpose in life to live for. You just drift through and get involved in this activity and and I get really involved in this and I give myself to that and left the very thing that is the heartbeat of God out of my life. You're in 1 Timothy. Go back to chapter 1. One page to the left, pretty much. In chapter 1, look what he says in verse 15. This is a faithful saying. Listen to what he's saying. And worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Paul said, of whom I am chief. That's the heartbeat of God. It's still true. Proverbs 11.30, that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And he that winneth souls is wise. Every Christian has a calling. And that is to spread the gospel to a lost and dying world around us. And our biggest problem with that is we get so distracted with other issues in life that cause us to lose grip on eternal life. The real thing, things that get between the tire and the road, and really in reality we're just skating through life and we've missed the real purpose. And the road that God wanted us to travel on is really not having an impact on me. Things between me and God are what's directing my life. And I'm just spinning. No real purpose to life whatsoever. In many cases. In verse 17, back to our text. Chapter 6 and verse 17. You had a group of men. We talked about those guys that were rich. Charged them that are rich in this world. Let's just pause there. He says, I want you to talk to those guys. Because sometimes when you get a lot of possessions, you get a lot of money. Then the desire for things get in your way. The way you look at other people that don't have the kind of money you have, that have a whole different lifestyle than what you have. You just kind of, you know, they're not really important to me. And it's easy to kind of shove them aside in your heart and mind. God help us. Um, And so the problem wasn't that they were rich. The problem was they let something in life come between them and getting a real grip on eternal life. Praise the Lord, Uh, some Christians, God gives uh, a lot of money, and they use that to serve the Lord, but the admonition here is be careful. Look what the problem was in verse 19, laying up um, in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. The whole problem, again, it wasn't the money, 
It's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the, it's the love of it. It's something that comes between you and that grip on really being all sold out for God, that eternal life that God has given me. It's one thing when I, you know, we will bow our heads and I'll say, if God's, you know, if you know that you're saved, raise your hand. And most every hand always goes up. And that's always encouraging to know that you are saved. But do you have a grip on eternal life? Have there, have there come some things between you and being burdened about the guy you work right next to that could die and go right to hell today? And you may be the only light that person really has. And you've lost a grip on eternal life. It's not important to you anymore. I can easily just say goodbye to them. I had gospel tracts in my pocket. I could have easily pulled a track out and just asked them, read this on the inside. It's the most important thing you'll ever read in your life. It can change you forever. I could have done that, but I was in a hurry and I had to get to the car and, and it's cold. And what's happened to us? The purpose God left us here was to lay hold on eternal life. Really get a grip on this word of God here today. Know that God has a plan for my life. God wants to use me in this life. Don't forget your calling that God has given to you. I would love to challenge Eastside Baptist Church today. Get back in the book and don't just skate over the verses. Let that word get into your heart and grip your heart and soul. Let it change who you are this year. Bow down before God and say, God, help me. I, I don't want to just have this as a burning passion just for today. Once pastor's done with the message, you know, I leave and I, I might even say, you know, that really spoke to my heart. But then tomorrow I wake up and it's a brand new day, forgotten everything that was said yesterday. God, help me not to be that way. I, I would challenge you to get, get with the Lord today and say, God, let me get a real grip on eternal life this year. I want my life to come alive. I, want the, I don't want to just run across the pages of the book. I want it to get into my heart. I want it to change who I am. I want my actions to be totally different. I want my kids to know that they have a real Christian dad, not in name only, but in my actions. And, and I want to be the kind of mom, I want to be the kind of child this year that God has got a hold on my life and is really using me to change the world around me instead of letting the world around me change who I am. The only way that's going to start is, number one, if you know Christ as your Savior. We've talked about that throughout the message. I've spoken about that. Do you know Him as your Savior? Have you been saved? Have you trusted Christ as your Savior? And friend, if you don't know Him today, I'm here to tell you, the sin in your heart will send you to uh, a devil's hell forever and ever and ever. There's a penalty and a payment for sin that must be made. You want to make it yourself, then go on through life and reject Christ and the gift that he made for you on Calvary. But if you come to realize, I cannot live this life on my own. I'm guilty and I deserve a devil's hell. And I want Christ to be my Savior. Then friend, today could be that day you know him as Savior. I wouldn't leave here until I know him as Savior. Number two. There's not a person sitting here that wouldn't say, amen, preacher, they all need to get saved and praise the Lord. They do. But number two, do you have a grip on the eternal life that God gave you? I was nine years old. That's a lot of years ago. Do I have a grip on that eternal life that I got when I was a little boy, nine years old, kneeling at an altar? God came in and changed me inside out. But do I have a grip on that life? Am I able to make 
tremendous strides and changes in life. And I know it's not me, it's God working through me. I've not let distractions take place in my life. That Word of God means something to me, and I'm going to read it until God speaks to my heart. Can you honestly say that, or are there some really, some things lacking? You walked out of 2017 and walked right into 2018. Some major issues. And I would challenge you today, if God in his grace and love, showing you some of those things today. Would you let him come in here and change some things? And would you be willing to get alone with him? Maybe bow down and just say, God, I got to get past the ice on the surface. I, I got to hit asphalt. I want to lay hold on eternal life this year. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.